Hi, I'm Clemmie Telford and it's time to get open and get honest. Each week, I interview a guest about a topic that we, as a society, often shy away from. From sex lives to salaries, life and death, religion and real bodies, no subject is off the table. Welcome to Honestly, the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Honestly. I'm joined by none other than my husband, Ben Telford. Turns out locking yourself in a room for an hour with no distractions to talk about how you parent your children and structure your work-life setup is quite an intense experience. During the episode, we chat about him being a stay-at-home parent, why it's both the best decision for us, but also the reality of the relentless slog that is being a primary childcare provider. So let's get stuck in. The name of the game with this podcast is Honesty, and I'd like to start with a quick fire round. Are you ready? I am. (laughs) Ben is here slightly under duress. He doesn't really want to be doing this, do you? Not really, and I'm actually quite nervous about this. Which is Uh, quite funny. Yeah. Shall we crack on? Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how fun are you? An eight? I think that you want to say higher than that. (laughs) Maybe... Eight and a half? Nine? I think you back yourself as a ten. On a scale of one to ten, how popular are you? Uh, I d- I d- probably a seven, because some people just don't take to me very straight away. <laughs> you are a Marmite person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell when people look at me whether they're going to dislike me straight away, and it does happen quite often. I think it's fair to say my brothers didn't like you straight away, did they? No, no, particularly your eldest brother, Charlie. I thought He thought, you, he thought you were too much. And arrogant, and yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how rebellious are you? Oh, probably, probably, a, probably maybe, I don't know. That's a hard one. Eight again. Favourite colour? Mm, I think I'm, I'm heading for like a, a deep, rich purple at the moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> how unattractive. <laughs> um, most prized possession? Uh, I don't know if I have one. That's a tricky one. I really like my skis that I've got. Okay, your skis. How would you describe your relationship with money? Not brilliant. I'd spend it if I've got it. Yes, burns a hole in your pocket. Yeah, it does, yeah. Do you believe in marriage? Absolutely, 100%. That would have been very awkward if you said no. (laughs) Um, Do you vote? Yes. Have you always voted? Always. Is it ever okay to lie? Uh, I think it's a tricky one, isn't it? Maybe yes, if you're not going to really upset somebody. And we lie every year about Father Christmas and Tooth Fairies and all that sort of thing. It's true. It's ingrained in day-to-day life. Should you always forgive and forget? You should try, but sometimes forgiving is very hard. And even if you forgive somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean you should forget, I think. Hmm, interesting. What star sign are you? I'm an Aries. You're very Aryan, aren't you? Am I? Well, you know that. Okay. <laughs> You're very heads down. <laughs> I have to hear about this sort of thing a lot. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? Being a good family man, being a good dad, being a great friend. If you could have more... Oh, and a good husband. Yeah, that was very low <laughs> down the list. Awkward. Um, if you could have more of anything, what would it be? Probably more more holidays, maybe. Not more cheese. I oh, know I can I can get enough cheese. That's fine. That's easily possible. 
Three words your inner critic or imagined worst enemy would use to describe you. God, oh, jeez. I think these questions have got harder. Well, it's like when you watch people do a quiz show on TV. And Three all... words. You're not listening to me, are you? Oh, sorry. I just said it's like when people do a quiz show on TV and as an audience member, it always looks easy, but I'm sure when you're in the studio... Much harder, yeah. Your brain goes blank. Yeah. So, yeah, three words your imagined enemy would use to describe you. Sometimes lazy, unthinking, if that's a word. Don't think it is. <laughs> As in, I don't think about things enough. Thoughtless. Thoughtless. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very clumsy as well. Which yeah, is that is true. Yeah. Anyone who knows you would put that high up the list. Okay. Do you feel a bit a bit more relaxed or more nervous? Yeah, no, I, I, do you know what? Actually, it, that's a really good way of, of warming up good. and calming down. Good. So we are here, as I said, under duress to talk about being a stay-at-home parent. And for reference, Greta is here with us at um, Soho Studios, being looked after by Amber from the production team. So both of us are slightly on edge because she's teething and she's a classic toddler who could kick off at any point. But we're hoping that snacks... And the promise of Sarah and Duck will buy us enough time to do this interview. But I also want to say to you, there is no pressure or judgment. It will be okay. So let's... Thank you. (laughs) Let's rewind to October 2018 when you went on shared parental leave. What was the run-up to choosing to do that? And also, what was your experience at work around that time? So the run-up was... You were going back to work... Because uh, you'd been, you'd had, I think, nine months maternity leave. Yeah, not that it was really maternity leave. Not really, because you were still working. And we found out that you could do shared parental leave, where by you split, uh, the first split year. the maternity paternity leave. Yeah, split it first year. So I decided that it'd be nice for me, and for the children, and for you, that I took three months at the end, from October till 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 January. It worked for both of us because for you you could seamlessly go back into work and, and not be stressed, not have the drop-offs of pickups, not have the worry about leaving probably Greta at a nursery or with a childminder or anything like that. I could just be at home. I could get to spend time with the boys and probably mainly Greta because, you know, didn't really know her at that point that well. So, so it was like the, the perfect situation. But it was also quite interesting, actually, for you experiencing what mums go through in the run-up to that time when you're going to be off. So as you told your company that you wanted to take shared parental leave, first of all, they weren't particularly accommodating, were they? No, no, they just... I mean, the owner was really awful. They were... First of all, he tried to tell me I wouldn't be allowed it when they don't They don't have a choice. It's, it's a legal it's, obligation. It's a legal obligation, yeah. And then they just started leaving me out of meetings that I would have been been in comments you know particularly from from the owner and management that you know just just silly little comments that when you're sort of paranoid or worried about leaving work anyway and and I was only doing it for three months so I can't imagine what it was must be like for for a pregnant lady uh, you know mum to be with all the hormones and 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 having you know having a baby inside you must must be awful but it, it was it was hard yeah and it, and i really resented resented it actually and it made me feel and i'm not really like that but it made me feel a little bit insecure to be honest my 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 team of i was in a team of 3 were amazing they were really supportive 
we made through the, made all the plans. We did all that. They're incredible, but the the higher sort of echelons of the company were were bad, and it was just because they didn't know and hadn't really experienced it before. No, unless you work for a really good company which I hope there are there. Any woman who's been pregnant in the last few months at work, it is really difficult. And and you're there being really pregnant, being really hormonal, being really nervous about the impending life changes that are coming. You know, at least by the time you did it, Greta was already nine months old, so there wasn't that big shift in that respect. Anyhow, as we say, it was a great opportunity for us to kind of test a way of working that we hoped would work. And then I think that... Quite soon it became apparent that it needed to become, uh, well, that it would be best for us if that became a permanent thing. I really feel that was decision was mutual, but I'd be interested to hear, like, what, what do you think were the reasons behind us deciding to make it a permanent thing? Well, I guess from my point of view, I wanted to have a bit more time. I didn't feel that three months was enough. I was really loving it. I was absolutely loving it. It was, it was brilliant fun. It's hard, it was hard, but I knew that, I could stop and carry on and not find it really stressful. A number of I would have gone back to work and we probably would have got a nanny who, so I wouldn't have brought home that much money no, af- think, after work. I mean, I would have done, but not not a ridiculous No, I amount. think we did the terms and for us because yeah. of three kids and wraparound. I think there's this misconception, or well, definitely for us, in that but we were really eyes on getting our kids to school because then somehow we thought that things would be easier and things would be cheaper but as everybody knows at three o'clock or three thirty is a very short day and you've got wraparound care and actually even nine o'clock is quite late for some offices yeah i mean you know you you, you drop them off at nine you get to work at half nine or or whatever and then you're picking them up at three three fifteen you're leaving at half two you, you, it's, it's a, a short day, day and we it? we did the sums and i think had you have been back at work we would have had about a hundred pounds more in our pocket which you know of course is it isn't an insignificant amount of money but if you compare that to the amount of stress involved for for us and actually according to the office of national statistics the more kids you have the more likely you are to have a stay one stay at home parent which doesn't surprise oh, really, me really yeah that's because that's, yeah. you've got three ti- well for us you've got three times more likely that someone's going to be ill or three different lives to juggle as well as your own and yeah we Although I feel really lucky that we've been able to do this, it, we've taken a financial hit on it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we would have had a bit more than £100 a month coming back. But, yeah, we've definitely taken a financial hit. But it's been completely worth it. So you resigned in the when you were meant to go back, so at the end of January. So it has been... Well, well it's, yeah, it's been over a year now yeah, since I've been off, yeah. And has it been, as you imagined... Uh, do you know what? It's been a, it's actually been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because even in that three month period, we obviously end of October we had the, like the Christmas period where I think we went away for a couple of weeks, so that was like segmented in there. You know, so exciting. We I did quite a lot. Went went away. Saw saw my mum and like you know suddenly it, it wasn't like a a, a a like a holiday. It was a job. It, I now my job is a stay at home parent. There's there's no. No denying it. It is. It's a full time, hectic job, and you have to try. I, I try and take it seriously. Try and you know get their routine. Try and get their food. You know, start thinking about it like like that, which is hard. 
At this point, I think I've wanted to share an extract from Nicola Washington, a.k.a. Too Much Mothering Information on Instagram, who wrote a list for Mother of All lists and also spoke at List Live about her experience as a stay-at-home parent. As part of the process, she documented an average day, which I'm going to read out because I think it's really powerful. Attempt to shower, dress myself, serve breakfast... Unload the dishwasher, load the washing machine, dress the children, change nappies, make a cup of tea, fold laundry, attempt to eat breakfast, donate it to a child. Make beds, brush teeth, wipe hands, faces, bums, sweep the floor, wipe the table, load the dishwasher, find the cold cup of tea, brush their teeth, brush my teeth, fail to brush my own hair. Wrestle their shoes, coats and hats on, drop the older children at nursery, go to the park, freeze. Help the small child to climb up stuff. Repeat, yes, it's a bin, lorry, cat, dog, leaf, tree, table, chair. Walk home, wash hands, change nappies, make lunch. Make another cup of tea, eat lunch, wipe hands, faces, tables, floors. Wrestle resistant limbs into a sleeping bag. Bribe him into his cot. Pretend he is asleep. Find another cold cup of tea. Phone a utility company and sit on hold. Make a fresh cup of tea. Drink the tea. Hang out the laundry, put on another load, pay a bill, tidy, retrieve him from his cot, play a bit. Put on coats, shoes, hats, collect the other child, cook the dinner, prevent disaster, prevent disaster, prevent disaster. Referee, tidy the kitchen, wipe faces, hands, tables, floors, load the dishwasher, run the bath, herd and undress the children, put them in the bath, unload the washing machine, hang out the washing, wash the children, dodge water, dry children, dry the floor, brush teeth, take to bed, read stories, Daddy's home! Return the children, tuck them in, turn out the light, cook dinner, revisit children, revisit children, revisit children, revisit children. Tidy away the toys, sit down to eat, tidy the kitchen, load and start the dishwasher, sit down. And when he asks, what have you done today? Reply, nothing really. How do you feel hearing that? It resonates. I remember remember I was at the list live uh, helping out. I remember hearing that list and just... And I'd, I'd been on... I can't remember when it was, but I'd been at home for quite a while at that point. And I was like, whoa. And it it did hit, it hit home because it it really pervades the relentlessness of being a stay-at-home parent. And and jobs that are really boring, that are necessary. But yeah, it it was was incredibly powerful. And really true as well. You kind of, you know, you get to the end of the day and you're like, what have I achieved? Because you're tired at that point and you do think nothing. Mickler goes on to say that if you're a parent, you are probably familiar with the death by a thousand paper cuts nature of looking after small children. You might also know that when you become a full-time carer, it becomes clear that while most people accept it's hard, very few will see it as work. And that is what I wanted to ask you. Do you have that conversation in your head? How do you remind yourself of the value of what you do? Try and just have a constant dialogue with yourself with my with myself to to say this is a job yeah and to you know and to try and not not just is this is a job you're doing well because your children are happy yeah it's they ha- are surviving they are laughing a lot they might argue quite a lot between them but i think that's natural for children anyway but it's such a strange thing as a parent because you can go to a parents evening and get wonderful feedback for your children <laughs> um why are you laughing at that yeah, it's just funny. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's a funny point to laugh. Anyhow, as a parent, you can go back. No, I know what you're going to say. 
Okay. You go back and, you, and there's carnage in your house. No, that wasn't what oh, I was going to okay. say. I was going to say the weird thing is when you do get positive feedback for your children, even then you don't take that on board as your achievement as a parent. You see it as their achievement, don't you? Yeah, because if you got an amazing report like that at work, you'd be like bouncing off the walls and coming home and sort of shouting Yeah, about great it. review. And then really there should be no difference if anything it's better to get something like that than yeah but it's hard to take take it on board of course it is because you know I think partly because parenting is you know it's just what you should be doing whereas a a job you go to go and achieve whereas parenting is just something that yeah I think so often you're in survival mode that you're just getting through the, the hours the days the weeks and actually before you know it in our case, you've got a, an almost seven-year-old yeah. and you're like, oh, right. My, my father was an amazing, amazing dad. Um, but he was away a lot for work. But he worked in order to provide. That's what he, you know, that's that's how he thought parenting, you know, was. You know, go and earn money to give your children what what, what they want. And, and when he was around, he was amazing. He was like the best. He'd come and watch all my rugby. He'd be interactive. He'd play with us. He, you know, he was incredible. But I definitely had a sense of him being away a lot when I was younger. And then, sadly, he died relatively yeah, young. Yeah, he died when he was 60. Just so, after retirement. Yeah, uh, it'll be nine years next year. And I feel that... And I'm not knocking what he did, because he was amazing. But I do feel that he worked a lot and and missed out, actually, because he he'd retired and he would have been an amazing grandfather. And I reckon he missed out a lot in his latter years of spending time with us and with with the um with his grandchildren. And and I I think when he died, I kind of in me I was part of me was I don't really want to be like that. I, I want to try and spend as much time with with my my children as possible. And the kind of the way I've done that, and and the way it's worked out is is to become a stay-at-home parent yeah so you've got you swung completely the other way yeah yeah i think yeah i think so but Uh, isn't it interesting because all those those traditional gender stereotypes are definitely still there because i found it although what you do is amazing i find it frustrating or triggering because many people congratulate you on what you do (sighs) which you deserve congratulations for but there are women up and down the country who do this every day who never receive congratulations i mean I, i everywhere i go and particularly older, or if I go to a playgroup and I'm the only dad out of 30 mums and yeah, but the that, people that... running the playgroup are like, oh, it's so great that you're doing this. So like amazing. I think they're more happy that they're seeing a dad at the playgroup. And also credit to yourself. I don't think that, I think everybody should be a hands-on parent, but it is daunting to go into a completely gendered space. like. Oh, I mean, I was bricking myself the first time I went in there. Because it's really hard and then you're like, nobody's talking to me because I'm a man. Uh, and just, yeah, and maybe it was me not wanting to talk to that. I don't know. I, yeah, I was, and now it's fine. I'm kind of used to it. But yeah, really hard. And I can see why some dads don't want to do it for that sort of reason. And it, it can be a little bit lonely because I know I probably don't have a, as big a social circle as stay, some stay-at-home mums because they've obviously had babies and stayed as as stay-at-home parents yes. and they've got their kind of group from either NCT or or just 
you know, baby groups that they went to where you probably create more of a bond than when you've got a toddler running around. But interestingly, I think there's now one in seven dads are the main childcare provider and that that is um, ten times more than a decade ago. So Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think every dad should do a stint of looking after their children. Not, not to try and persuade them to become stay-at-home parents, but I just think they should do it so... They can t- to truly understand. Truly understand how, how, what it's like and how hard it is and, and appreciate, particularly if you have one, you know, one person that is a stay-at-home parent, to, to come home and have empathy with them for a hard day that might not seem that hard compared to what you've done at work where you've had a, a crap day at work. But just to experience it, like, I think it, it kind of works well for us in a way because we both have empathy for what, each other's doing so if I have a bad day you understand what it's like to have a bad day if you have a bad day at work I understand that you don't want to come back and and then just be dumped with the children because it yeah actually this has been a real learning for me and being the only breadwinner has is not is also extremely challenging I feel really privileged and very grateful to you for you know for us being able to put it into place as you know, because you're an avid listener, or you ought to be, there's a, I always have an interlude where I ask the people of Instagram. Oh, yeah, I like this bit. And usually I enjoy this bit too, but actually as I went to type out the questions, I even stumbled on the initial language. And at this point, I really want to do a little bit of housekeeping to acknowledge that not all family units look the same. Most of this conversation will fu- will centre around two parents being involved, but I definitely wanted to holler at single parents who have the pressure of juggling home and paid work. And I can't actually even begin to imagine how hard that is. So... Onwards, yeah, as I say, I really struggled with the language and I wanted to write a stay-at-home parent and I didn't know that was the right language. So first of all, I asked my audience whether they felt it was and actually, surprise, surprise, it was very divisive. Lots and lots of people hated it and many people thought it was the best of a bad bunch, which I guess is what my instincts were telling me too. So I asked them for any other suggestions and this was kind of brilliant. Some people said... It should just be parent. And actually then a whole load of other people said that parent didn't acknowledge the breadth of the job and that massively undersold it. Someone said it should be full-time parent. And then there were concerns that that devalues the role of the other parent. These are some of my favourite, though. It was CEO of the home, Minister of Home Affairs. And people said categorically not housewife or house husband. Yeah, you're not married to your house, are you? No, there was a lot of people saying that they're... Even putting the word house in there makes it sound like your job is confined to being at home, which is very trapping. I couldn't agree more. And then a couple of people said that we shouldn't be oversensitive and it's just a piece of language. And then someone even DM'd me to say that they hated this modern parenting chat. So fair enough. 28% of my followers who are parents are no longer at work and 27 of them said that it wasn't by choice. And it's difficult, I mean, just in questions to delve into that. But I'd love to know, yeah, was it people losing jobs or was it finances forced someone to be at home? You know, we were very lucky in that I wasn't forced. I could have gone back to work, but we made it, we had a choice. But yeah, I think it's really terrible nowadays that people don't get a choice, which is the the cost of childcare. It's insanely expensive. It's unfair. And also, I would, my advice would be to people, for me, when I was on that first maternity leave and actually the second time with Woody, 
when you're in that space, work does feel really, really daunting. But I'm really glad that I forced myself back. And actually, even if you go back and then decide that it isn't the right option, I really advise to do it in that way rather than to have not gone back because it felt too daunting and then then always wonder why. I think, yeah, as we're trying to say, that the fundamentals of your being okay with being a stay-at-home parent is because it, it came by choice. Anyhow, onwards with asking people of Instagram. I asked them what the highs of being a stay-at-home parent were and they said, getting to see all the firsts. Oh, no- that has been the best thing ever. I'm going to rat- just rattle oh, through <laughs> No, No guilt of missing out. I've been told. Feeling as though I am able, capable of doing it. No boss telling you what to do. No jugglers of, or stress when someone is ill. Cheap supermarket delivery slots, which I did like. I think there's something to acknowledge the massive benefit of being able to do your life admin during the week, which seems really small, but it's a bit like when I was still employed and I used to do one day from home. And... Being able to put a wash on and being able to get a supermarket delivery are incremental things, but actually they all, for us, free up a bit more space at the weekend so that that it can be more dedicated family time. Because if you're trying to do all your life admin on a Saturday, you're chipping away, aren't you? Yeah, that's your time, your family time. That should kind of be dedicated to, to you know, trying to have fun or, or just bonding together. What are the lows of stay-at-home parenting? And one, these were some of the answers. Feeling one-dimensional... Physical exhaustion coupled with mental boredom, not using your brain, no personal income, having to ask for money, isolation, loneliness, feeling like people assume you aren't doing enough, no break ever, loss of identity, loss of confidence, too much time with my thoughts, that you catch every single sickness bug going, and then loneliness was the thing that kept coming up over and over and over again, prolifically, actually. And I thought that was, first of all, important to acknowledge. It's really brave, albeit just writing that answer on Instagram and sending it off to me. It's really brave to admit you're lonely and quite hard, especially, I think, it catches us all by surprise. One minute you're living a kind of sociable life and the next you have a child and it shifts that shift is pretty quick from feeling like you're able to go and do anything to suddenly feeling very isolated i then asked them if they had any questions about being a stay-at-home parent people said how do you afford it and then actually someone else messaged say please can we challenge the assumption that it's only wealthy people who do it um, was it a choice or was it a financial necessity? Any tips for survival? How do you determine money with one income? At what point will you return to work? Do you feel under constant pressure that everything should be perfect at home? And how yeah, how do other families divide single income? I struggle with the the, the loneliness. Is, it's tough sometimes, particularly if you've got like an ill child or you're just having a, a bad week, you're not sleeping. That I mean, those times are always hard. But I've tried to just try and meet at least one person a week for lunch, try and go out once a week in the evening to see a good friend that you can talk to about, not about children. Adult stuff. But yeah, and just try and sort of plan away. And then try and plan a, a, a weekend away with my friends, even if it's in three months' time. Just have something in the diary to try and look forward to. That Then you can have a bit of banter on WhatsApp about. But it is hard. It is hard. It, it, you know, 
Do you think it helps that our children or hinders that our children are slightly older? Because if you were, they've got their own set of challenges, but at least you are at a point where they do have conversation. Yeah, we can we we can sit and chat and play and not. If it was just Greta all the time, it would be a lot harder. Yeah, as sweet and amazing as she is, it'd be a different kettle of fish, wouldn't it? Yeah, and we go and you know we go and do stuff and play football and fun stuff. So I think that that probably does make a big difference. Yeah, yeah. And and the money thing is hard. It's really hard to go from earning money where you can you have the freedom to spend. I mean, I wasn't a big earner, but where you have the freedom to spend money on stuff that you want to spend on, to then not not have an income yeah and actually that's well i've been off for over a year now i think it was only really a couple of months where we had our probably third or fourth chat about money yeah so when people are asking how we manage that we definitely haven't cracked it i think i think we're in a good place at the moment yeah we now we have to talk about it a lot and I have had to teach myself because I've spent 36 years prior to this, no, because I didn't have really money before that, but you know what I mean, referring to it as my money and now it's our money and there's nothing loaded about the slip of the tug of my money because I wouldn't have be earning what I'm earning without you taking care of the kids. So it is definitely team money. Yeah, and, and I now, when I receive my money in, in the month, I, that is just my pay. It's not you paying me. It's just yeah. how I'm paid for, for my job because that's what I'm I'm doing now. And my advice would be to anybody that's starting this to to sit down and have a proper chat and try and just work out where everybody be and, and have an honest conversation about where you'd be happy with what you got. Because I remember when we first came on, I said, oh, I'll be happy with that, trying to please you and not put pressure on you. If you can have that sort of honest conversation and, and just, really set your stool out of where you're going to be quite early on that would be a, a, something i'd advise yeah advise on straight away because it took us a long time to get there yeah and you know maybe maybe again there'll be another i don't know we've got to navigate christmas and birthdays and mm. and where that money comes from yeah but i think with everything if, if you can try and be come from a place of kindness and empathy then absolutely yeah, yeah you know yeah. My, it's very easy to go to the point of, oh, why don't you go back to work? Or for me, yeah. being self-employed, oh, I'm going to go and get a job again. And then you go, actually, maybe it's just that if if we put a bit more money across into your account so that you could yeah, pick up a coffee, yeah. then it would feel better. One thing I did want to touch on as we are drawing towards the end is there is still this ongoing thing that women take the bulk of the mental load when it comes to a family setup, and I think I would like to suggest that that is probably the thing that is the tipping point so number one being a stay-at-home parent and doing the domestic load if that is then coupled with the mental load that is where people mm. crack up and this isn't me repeating a classic argument but I think that that isn't the case for you. You're you don't feel burdened by the mental load, do you? <laughs> no, no. But that is what helps, I think. You're not yeah, yeah, you've yeah, not got yeah. the double whammy. And no, I, and uh, maybe it's just who I, am. I don't really the, the boring domestic jobs don't bother me too much. You just kind of do it. No, and I think that is again. I often say it to other people, and maybe don't say it to you enough. That this this plays to your strengths. I am not as fun. I'm don't feel physically as able as you are. You know, one of the hardest things for me about being a parent is that 
the thing that always killed me is getting the shoes on, getting in the car, putting the buggy in the car, clipping them all in, getting them out of the car. That kind of repetitive, yeah, physical labour, which although I feel fit, I found exhausting. But you're, you go into that with no... Oh, yeah. The, the, it doesn't really tie me out too much. That it's If you're physically tired, then you're mentally going to be tired. And yeah, that, yeah, it's not a huge problem for me. Yeah, and would you would it be fair to say that you don't you're not burdened by that mental load that women often no that is still something that we argue about isn't it yeah and yeah, I think you, that you, is, you, yeah I mean it might be our personalities as well but yeah you, you definitely are, are more of a thinker and like to get things done a lot earlier than than I would but again I think that that's, that's part of it that's why I've joked but this plays into our strengths you are much better at being present in the moment. And it's hard as a as a working person when I'm upstairs and I'll look at him being fun and I regret that actually, particularly with Greta, but with all of them, I did. I went back to work very quickly after the boys and with Greta on maternity leave, I was working to an extent and I've never been fully mentally present, whereas you are best, And that's my yeah. own personality <laughs> and my own doing because I've always, well, is it like loads of women? But I can just talk about my experiences that course, I'm always... Course, yeah. I'm thinking about a million things at any given moment, whereas you're much yeah, better. Yeah, that alternative, that again is is a problem that I have probably that I I feel that I need to play with them and interact with them all the time, and then probably because of of how I was brought up with 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 my father, you know, he he would be off work and that'd be it, it'd be kid time, just fun, children time. I'm going to play, and I still do it, and I still, yeah, and then I have- get tired, and then I get stressed. But I won't stay on a weekend. I'll still carry on doing it. I'll still carry on playing with them. And actually, I need to learn to step back and start thinking about the men- other stuff the and world. having having a, a rest. I asked if my audience, you lovely lot, were satisfied with the paid work slash childcare divide in your home. And 46% said that you weren't, which is an awful lot. And these are the most challenging years, but also are ones that I'm sure we will look back on as as being very precious and first of all to acknowledge I don't think there is anything any such thing as an ideal you know we have weeks or there are moments when I think oh we've absolutely cracked this and then there are moments when we're having blazing rows and both rung out that it isn't but I think it's really important to be honest and be realistic as you said work out who owns more what your strengths are and and go from there but I I think we're just in a time of our lives where no matter what situation we had, we'd be because we've got young children, not getting enough sleep. You're not getting enough sleep. You're still trying to, you know, for you or whoever's at work, you're still trying to prove yourself and still trying to push on. Yeah. No matter if you have the most perfect situation where you're the happiest you could ever be, it's still going to be hard at yeah. this this point of our lives. When you've got young children, you're still relatively young in your career. I think you know life is. It's, it's going to be hard right now. Yeah. And, and so I don't think you're ever going to probably sit back and think you've got perfection because it, I think it's it's unattainable. Yeah, and if you're trying to do that, it, then you're not going to achieve it, which is going to make it harder still. No. And the moment you think it's perfection, someone suddenly decides they no longer want to eat what was their favourite food. 
That's how it works with kids. But also I think something for me is that is nothing is forever. So yeah, as you say, our eldest is nearly seven. We've tried so many different setups. We've had a situation where Ben and I both did a day at home with the children. I've done a four day week. I've done a five day week. I've done four, five and one day from home. We've had a nanny. We've had nursery. And it's not that we just keep changing, but different things work at at different points in your life yeah, and yeah, yeah. and a lot of people keep saying oh what happens when Greta is three or what happens when Greta goes to school and really as you say because we're surviving hour by hour day by day week by week I really can't think two years or three years or four, you know any more ahead than that and that I think is okay because I hope that actually when some people were replying to these questions and actually for Ben and I when we're talking about this maybe even going through the process of remembering why you know for us it was being able to leave london at 3:30 on a on a friday it was to avoid those phone calls of whose job is more important when a kid's ill it was yeah someone being there at pickup and those might not be your priorities but work out yeah where the stress points are where the happiness points are and have those written down even on your phone just to come back to because as as we've both circled around at this point in our lives life isn't going to be running smoothly and it's very very easy to get overwhelmed and it's very easy to just be surviving and be in yeah just getting through the days as a couple but if as long as you've got something some north star to come back to i think that does help and i also wanted to thank you for what you're doing because i i tell a lot of people but i really tell you you're you're doing a good job thanks babe keep up as are you (laughs) keep up the good work (laughs) so three things before we finish up okay one where can people find you and is there anything you want to shout about Uh, well i'm not an instagrammer but i'm ben underscore telford underscore i think uh, do I only shout about? Not, I mean, no, I don't. Don't really. I don't do that sort of thing. Okay. I'm just here. I'd like to be not known as Clemmy Telford's husband every time I go anywhere. Do you think that's what you are known <laughs> as? No, not really. Only no, certain people. I'm really if you could have an honest conversation with one person, <sighs> would it could be a troll, a celeb, a friend, someone who's passed, a younger version of yourself? Who would it be, and what would you say? Wouldn't it be a younger version of myself because. Then I'd probably change myself, and then I I wouldn't be here because I, I I like where I'm at at the moment. Uh, I'd probably probably my dad because he's not around anymore, but I like the children and you to be there so we could he could meet them and just he's met me. chat to him. Yeah, he hasn't met them though. No, but then I like my I like to, I like to speak to my granny because she was alive during the war and she's definitely got a lot of stories that I've forgotten that she told me. Yeah, which would be amazing to then relay. Well, maybe you could have a conversation with them together. Actually, having dinner with them together was always very funny because my grandma would get very drunk and my dad would be quite inappropriate in front of her. So it, it was, um, yeah, maybe okay. a combination. There you go. Yeah. And number three, I asked the lovely people of Instagram to complete this sentence. I'll be honest, I, and these were some of the answers, think avocados are totally overrated, find motherhood extremely boring, don't like my friends, just want a nap, Enjoy looking at my kids' swimming instructor's bum. Should stop drinking. Don't enjoy brushing my teeth. And for me, on a monthly basis, I get to a point where I wonder whether I'll ever have the desire to go out again and be sociable. In fact, I wonder whether I like people at all. 
But thanks to Charter My Periods and to Maisie Hill, who was on Series 2 talking about periods, I now know that it's all part of my cycle. And come ovulation, I feel like human interaction again, which is a relief. I've been Clemmie Telford, and this average to okay man has been my husband, Ben Telford, and this has been Honestly Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your mates all about it. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. So that's it. A massive thanks to Smarty Mobile, the honest and transparent mobile network. They keep the all-important open conversation flowing, especially with their group plan, which gives you a further 10% off the plan price. Ideal for everyone in your family or indeed all your mates in that WhatsApp group. Thank you, Smarty Mobile. If you found this week's episode interesting, which I hope you did, I'd love to know your thoughts. So please do give me a rating or review and even better, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get each week's episode delivered straight to you. 